Usually I come into Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures Winchester studio pretty excited about the songs we're doing, but I have to admit that earlier this week, when Frank told me the song that we were going to do, I felt a bit annoyed. I did not want to talk about Jules, You Were Meant For Me. And that's all I want to talk about. Honestly, this is all I want to talk about for the last like four days since I started researching this. This is all I want to talk about. So your excitement. I remember when you sent me the message, I could tell just in how you texted, how excited <laughs> you were. And all I could think was, oh, no. So I tried listening to the Jewel album, Pieces of You. Yeah. Like, oh, this is all right. Then I got to the second song. Like, no, no, I will not listen to this album. I will not accept this. But you listened to the entire album. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get past song two. I just jumped straight to You Were Meant For Me. Oh, okay. And, well, we're going to talk a lot about this. But I have to say, I've been on a bit of an odyssey over the last three days. And I thought I would come here slagging this song. No, I'm not going to. You know what? I've come to appreciate it. No, and I think you should. I think everyone should appreciate this song because it's fantastic. It helped develop me as a music aficionado. I'm not entirely certain what that word means, but as a music fan, Jewel and her music and her poetry changed my life. I must admit that this song set me on a bad path, too, because at the impressionable ages of, what, 20? <laughs> I think so. No, uh, no, we would have been 18, 19. 18, 19. Yeah, but definitely some um, arrested development. Would that be fair to say about us? Yeah. Because these are the sort of songs that make your pining for another person mean something <laughs> oh, and know. only adds... To the pain. And not only that, it adds time to it because now Jewel understands. And so I now can live within this. And maybe I'll even meet Jewel. Maybe we'll get married. And then all these crazy thoughts come to your head. You've been reading my diary again, haven't you? (laughs) So initially I wrote, this is an irresponsible song. (laughs) It has sent many of young stupid males or stupid females onto journeys that just... Um, they should not have been on? No. I. You know what? Unrequited love is a horrible thing. Oh, I know. I know Michael Bolton said love was a wonderful thing, but let me add to it. Unrequited love is a not wonderful thing. Yeah. It's a tough place to be, but we actually had a chance, potentially, of meeting Jewel very, very early on in her career, but we didn't take that chance. Absolutely ridiculous. She was playing down the street kind of from my house when we were maybe 17. Yeah. Because the uh, song... Who who Will Save Your Soul. Who Will Save Your Soul. Thank you. That song came out and was played on our kind of local radio. Yeah. And it was a good song. Yeah. And Jewel ended up coming to this little bar called The Hideaway, where Mm -hmm. all these bands would come through. And we used to go there quite a bit to see bands. Yeah, and much lesser bands than Jewel. 
but we didn't go for whatever reason. I think I might have been working at the shoe store that night. I think we didn't go primarily because we didn't want to lose what little street cred we had because we'd always see like these tiny little Canadian indie bands. Like it's like we didn't. I don't think we want to go back to school and be made fun of because we went to see this acoustic girl singer. What a mistake we made. I know. Oh, it we just were so adds dumb. to it. This song made my life miserable. Missing out on seeing Jewel made my life miserable at the same time. <laughs> I'm really conflicted about this. Yeah. And this is like the bad version of, uh, I mean, a worse version of Glory Days by uh, by Bruce Springsteen. It's like our glory days are we miss Jewel. We had yeah. a chance and we miss it. Like, oh, just talking about how our, our missed opportunities in life, right? <laughs> so this is basically runs into You Were Meant For Me. Yeah. Which is the second single on the album? Yeah, because yeah, the first one is uh, Who Will Save Your Soul. And then four years later, they release this as the next single. It kind of <laughs> feels <much>. like that. <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the first uh, Who Will Save Your Soul came out and it got a bit of traction, but the album really didn't do so well. But they they re-released it, and then with this song, and this song really exploded. Yeah. uh, You Were Meant For Me really uh, took off. And the version that we know on the radio was not the original version on the CD. Yeah. Uh, The version on the radio was on the re-released CD, which was the version that I ended up buying. Yes. So there were three different versions recorded of this song. And the best one in my mind, obviously, is is the one that uh, we all know and love and the one we're speaking about today. Yeah, no question. So, well, should we start with Jewel Mythology or jump into this song? I mean, there's a lot to go through. I think I think we need to we need to understand uh, Jewel as a person first. And I would like to understand Jewel as a person. If she would come down and be interviewed by us in the Winchester, I think that would be a fantastic podcast. So if uh, if anyone out there knows her, actually, uh, side note here, I did send her an email when I was in university, and this is <laughs> this is so. Oh my goodness, um, you know the dawn of the internet and emails and stuff like that. So 1996 and I'm in my university dorm room and my friend had uh, one of those AOL CDs that you could get. Uh, I forget how many minutes of free internet just by like putting it on and, you know, telling them your phone number and all that other sort of fun stuff. And I had the jewel CD and her email address was on the back. I'm thinking that it's going directly to her, but it's just her management company. But uh, yeah, I sent her an email. She uh, she did not respond. I think I was put on some sort of a list after that. <laughs> you know, on the Howard Stern show, I this is uh, the Howard did Stern. Did she say that she got my email? Well, listen. Now I just want to qualify. I'm listening to Howard Stern post therapy. Howard Stern's just want to be careful about that, which is around I think maybe 2012 when this interview went on. Yeah. But she talked about how she had this relationship with her fans. And that she did check these emails. Yeah, her everyday angels is what yeah. uh, her, her fans were called. So maybe she read your email, smiled, looked out the window, took a sip of her coffee, and then maybe went for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think that after this song came out, I was an inspiration for this song. So, Jewel, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you want to send some of the royalties my way, I, I won't be adverse to that. Okay, so we're going to get back to you, though, because we do <laughs> want to talk more about you and Jewel. Mm-hmm. Let's talk first about the Jewel mythology, and we'll get to the Frank mythology maybe as a closer. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so the Jewel mythology, and there's all these fantastic and great stories about her in terms of how she grew up and how she lived. So she was initially born in Salt Lake City and then moved like at a very young age uh, to Alaska. And her paternal uh, grandfather, Ewell Kil- Kilcher, we should say Jewel's name, full name is Jewel Kilcher, was a, a delegate to the Alaska Constitutional Convention and a state senator. So, and he actually immigrated to America from Switzerland. So they have they have a, a, a bit of a um, pedigree in in Alaska, but they live this really kind of hippie lifestyle in this cabin, like two miles away from town. Um, no electricity, no running water, like coal fires. Everything they eat, they grow or they they hunt themselves. Uh, cattle ranch and all that other sort of stuff and and in the articles that I've read like she talks about like really loving living that really simplistic lifestyle then um she started performing with her father at pubs and taverns there she learned how to yodel because of him and she got a scholarship to a uh, performing arts school in uh, in Michigan so and she was young when she moved i think she was like 14 15 when she moved to Michigan, um, maybe I'm completely wrong, but she was a teenager when when she when she moved away from home, um, and she was uh, trained in uh, operatic uh, like singing and everything. Uh, learned to play guitar, and then from there moved to San Diego, which is where she did the whole coffee house scene. Lived in her car again, kind of living that 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 hippie lifestyle, really really simplistic. And it was in uh, it was in uh, San Diego where she got discovered, and then ultimately signed, and then became the huge success that Jewel is. And that success didn't happen overnight, but she no. had a dedicated label, which yeah. is not usually a story you hear about record labels mm-hmm. that they're kind of this sort of um, serpentine organization. But it turns out the label really did have her back. Yeah. So. When they released the album, it only sold like 2,000 copies, and yeah. no one really listened to it. It took a long time to sell anyways. I mean, it, yeah. it was big around the San Diego scene. Somehow we heard you, Who Will Save Your Soul, but I feel like we heard that before Pieces of You came out, but maybe it was the re-release. But I mean, it's different life in Canada here. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we got our... our because it, it came out in 95, right? Yeah. So we would have been 18 at the time. So we would have been in our last year of high school. Yeah. So maybe it came out of the, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating here, but, and, and timelines and all that other sort of stuff. But I remember by the time I went to university or, or when we went to university and everything, I remember it being huge. So yeah, that was, that was a year later anyways, yeah. right? You were meant for me, I recall being a big deal. Yeah. But that was a while after Who Will Save Your Soul. Yes, 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 yes. Now, the writing of You Were Meant For Me has this fascinating history. Yeah. So there are a couple versions out there of the story. There are two writers, though, for yeah. this song. There is Jewel and there is Steve Poltz. Yes, and Steve Poltz initially, well, he was born in Nova Scotia. Right. And then moved down to, to San Diego and was part of that 
whole coffee house scene that that Jewel was a part of. So that's that's where they met up, started a relationship and everything, and they wrote the song together. Yeah, and so he suggested that they write some songs in Mexico. Mm. And this feels like such a hippie thing. Like, hey, <laughs> let's go to Mexico and write songs. Like, what? Drive to Mexico? And they said it was only two hours away. He says, two hours away, we can drive to Mexico. Yeah. But because he's a doofus, as he said himself in concert, and when he describes this, yeah. he doesn't ask for directions. So 13 hours later, they finally end oh, up my <laughs> in goodness. some place in Mexico where they break into a one of those like um, shelters where they can sleep overnight and there's no one around. Yeah. So they wake up and it's on this beautiful beach, but there's absolutely nobody around. And then these cops show up and the cops are coming up to him. And Jewel and Steve Poltz, I guess, say, hey, is there a boat that we can use to go whale watching? This is, I don't even get it. Yeah. So the cops uh, end up somehow on this, the story, according to Steve Poltz, is they end up on this journey with the cops in tow. They join them to do this drug bust because apparently the place was cleared out because there's this big drug bust going on. That's why no (laughs) one's in the city. And so Jewel and this other guy are given like AK-47s or something. And there's pictures of this with Jewel holding a semi-automatic rifle. And they went to this big drug bust. They watched this big drug bust. It was for marijuana. And so as the story goes... Um, they ended up getting pictures with these guys, and the next day, they wake up and write this song. So, with these cops, like, was it take your folk singer to work day? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> I don't even get it. It is so far outside the realm of what I can understand, but the idea of Jewel, who sings all these songs about caring for the world... Having small hands. <laughs> I knew that <laughs> no, was going to come I know. up. <laughs> that song. We might have to talk about hands. That, that, that was a thing where it was like, okay, Jewel, stop right there. Yeah. That's enough. But for her to say, sure, give me an AK-47 as we do a marijuana drug bust in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. Feels vicious, but okay. So a lot of the articles that I read, they're talking about how the song was inspired by a Mexican drug bust. I'm like... Okay, it's not inspired. Like, there's there's absolutely no inspiration or allusion to this drug bust in this song. Yeah. I think it just, it was happenstance that they wrote the song the day after the, this massive uh, adventure that they were on. If anything, these guys are hippies. If it's you and me, we'll spend the next three weeks thinking about every moment when we watch some guy get hit in the head with the back of a gun. Yeah. But they're hippies. They're like, wake up and like, ah, a new day, new adventure. Let's yeah. write songs Let's write together. So- <laughs> Let's write songs about trying to be together. <laughs> so they write this song. And, you know, it's funny hearing different versions. Steve Poltz has this fantastic um, concert in Halifax mm-hmm. where he talks about the history of this song. Very, very funny. And actually was kind of one of the things that endeared me to the song when I heard him talk about it. And like, you know what? Maybe it's not what I thought it was. And so he plays the song. He talks about writing it. And then when when I saw Jewel interview, she also talked about writing it. But it's kind of funny. Both of them minimized the other person's involvement in it. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out he's the strum and hum guy guitar yeah. she's the one writing the lyrics yeah so the, she said the reason it's talking about breakfast is because it was in the morning and they're eating breakfast and that's when she's thinking about this yeah, and that, yeah, yeah so she's kind of lyrics 
he's kind of music. At least that's the sort of idea I think I got from this. Mm-hmm. And lyrics plus music equals song. Again, right. the equation holds water. And when you say that, I like to see a little TM go up above that. I think, yeah. Just so for listeners out there, that's Frank's. Yeah. I think we need to put that on t-shirts. Sign up to our website and buy our t-shirts. Yeah. What does it mean to sign up to our website? I don't know. Do we have a website we people have, can sign up to? We have a website, Frank. Okay, yes, we Would do. Would you check our website? Um, once or twice. You can sign up on Instagram or on Twitter or follow us on Facebook. Yeah. And if you want a t-shirt, I can make you one with a Sharpie. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we're getting towards uh, a yeah, merch store. Yes. It's coming. Yeah. Jewel, you inspired us to create merch. We're going to go down to Mexico for a few days to yeah. plan merch. Yeah. It'll only take two hours to drive there from from Canada. (laughs) When they were driving home from Mexico, the lyrics flew out the window and then they had to go find it. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. So that's a, the song had its own like specific, like the song proper in the sense of what was written on paper had its own adventure as well. So it seemed like the universe was trying to keep this from being written. So Frank and Bill wouldn't hear it, be inspired and then spend years pining for things that were never good for us in the first place. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Jewel, you, oh man. You're killing us, Jewel. You're killing me. Yeah, but you are the one who picked this song. Yeah, I know. I know. So this came out, what, in 96? Mm Mm-hmm. So... How many years ago was that? That We're talking 26 years ago. Yeah. I've been pining for 26 years thanks to this song. So when they record this for the album, she is able to get Neil Young's producer to do this. And they bring them to Neil Young's ranch. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, where, that's where the album was recorded. Well, part of the album was recorded there. So Steve Poltz comes down. They let him play guitar even though they have... Neil Young's band. Yeah. I think they're called the Stray Gators, who were on the Harvest and Harvest Moon album, yeah. which is insane. So the I think the bass player might have played with like Elvis or something. Like there was just an insane amount of talent there. Yeah. And apparently they're all really good guys who just were all about the song and they kept asking Jewel what she wanted them to do. And she felt so you know, unworthy of the whole experience. Yeah, I have a feeling like I really like Neil Young, so I, I feel yeah. like his band is going to be pretty cool too. Yeah. So, yeah. But the problem with this recording is that she's wearing headphones and she's not used to it. And she's talked about swallowing her voice. Oh. And when you hear the original album version of this, we'll play a little snippet of it here. It just, to me, sounds kind of bad. Yeah. Like it just uh, it sounds like someone just kind of crying over a song and and whining. It, it, I don't even know how to explain it other than the voice just wasn't working. And and she was really quite upset about um, about the song and it being picked as the second single. Mm-hmm. And so they re-recorded it, and that was the version that Sean Penn, Sean Penn did the video oh, for, man. which which isn't a, a good version. And and she's still upset about that. So 
a third time she recorded the song, and the, the, that's the version that that uh, that we all know and love. Now that's version, the Juan Patino mix. Yeah. I think they called. Now Juan Patino was the producer for Lisa Loeb's Stay. Yes, okay. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And so he came in there and they spent a ton of money on this version mm-hmm. that is not very good. Yeah. They cut out parts of the chorus to yes. make it go quicker because yep. it was a three minute, 42 second song. They got it down to three minutes by cutting out a ton. And it is not good. No, the no, Sean no. Penn video, also not good. Yeah. But she was also dating Sean Penn. I heard there were rumors. Sean Penn apparently has dated half of Hollywood. <laughs> but they were actually dating. Were they? Yeah. I learned this song. He was so but, old. No, he, I know. And she was so young, and mm-hmm. but she kept it silent and all this. And so she's they're both good about this. Mm-hmm. It's in her autobiography. I need to read that. Yeah. Is it going to make me cry more? I'm skipping it. I'm going to read it. <laughs> okay. So this version was supposed to come out on the radio. Radio hated it. The yep. video, no one cared for it. Yep. And it's not good. Yeah. It's just no, no, not no. good no. at all. Never put a towels on the floor anymore because I know you love me and soon you will see you were meant for me and I was meant for And apparently, she went to her label and was so crestfallen, but didn't want to tell the label that she didn't like the version. Mm -hmm. And so, some guy at the label came up to her and said, listen, it's not good. We don't want you to change for radio. You ready for this? We want radio to change for you. (laughs) That's so cliche. So, uh, it was, uh, if there was a movie made about this, it would just lose star count just because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the third version. Sorry for that. Back to the third version. The producer of the third version. I wish I had his name in front of me here. Let's see. Ben Keith and Peter Collin. Yeah. So, Ben Keith is the Neil Young guy. Peter Collin is the one that comes in for this one. Yes. All right. There is a famous bass player who plays on this one. Is it Michael Anthony from Van Halen? Oh, that would be very good. Yeah. Because he could give the greatest backing vocals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of all time. Yeah. It wasn't. It was Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, really? Yeah. How did I not know that? I did not know that until about five minutes before I entered this pub. Wow. So that is incredible. Yeah. And you don't really know his flea because he's not doing his flea thing. Yeah. Which, to his credit, tells me something about flea I did not know, which is... He's, he, he has self-control? Yeah, he has self-control. I hope he's wearing clothes when he did this. At least every <laughs> time I Red Hot Chili Peppers, he seems to take them off. But he befriended her while she was living out of her car in San Diego. Oh, okay. That's a whole other life out there. Yeah. So this version, anyways, this version, her vocal finally gets it. Yes, and so absolutely they, it does. Yeah, and the bass is great, but they keep all that other instrumentation from the original version. Yeah, and finally they hit it, and it, and it's it's really stripped down. Yeah, it, it's just guitar, uh, a little like a snare drum, and 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 the bass. Yeah, and the bass I barely even remember. Right, and that's why I got to give Fleet credit. He did his job. Mm-hmm. He took us for a walk. Yeah. Brush my teeth and put the cat back on And 
I think it's time we talk about the song itself. Yeah. We have. Well, we have, yeah. We're going to talk about the lyrics. Okay. So, you already talked instrumentation. And so, I mean, Jewel is a published poet, Frank. Oh, I know that. We don't want to keep these. I read her her book of poetry when I was in university. Wow. Yep. Okay. You are... You were all in. Sorry, no, I did not read it. Uh, a girl on my floor had the audio version of it of Jewel reading her own poetry, which I listened to at night when I went to sleep. Wow! Did you have one single tear or two big tears coming down your eyes? It was. I think it was a single tear. It makes it more powerful. It does. All right, here we go. I hear the clock. It's six a.m. I feel so far. Why are you gonna read it like that? <laughs> well, the poetry has to have a certain uh, oh, that's sound right. to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the clock. It's six a.m. I feel so far from where I've been. I got my eggs, got my pancakes too, got my maple syrup. Everything but you. Do you think that's a, a shout out to his Canadian roots? Definitely. Steve, Steve Bolts. Bolts is like maple syrup, maple syrup. Yeah. I break the yolk and make a smiley face. Gotta say, that's my favorite line there. <laughs> I kind of like it in my brand new place. Wipe the spots off the mirror. Don't leave my keys in the door. I never put wet towels on the floor anymore. Cause. Well, then we jump into the into yeah. that chorus, right? Now, of course, in that verse, I had something written down earlier where it was, oh, maybe she was so messy that they broke up. Yeah. And then Jewel actually said in an interview, that it's about somebody who just can't understand why something didn't work out. Yeah. And she's trying so hard. Yeah. It makes it even more sad that she's saying, look, I don't leave my towels up. I clean the mirrors. I put my keys in the door. Wait, like that's a- sad? I oh, do. <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been sad for so long. Well, you clean your mirrors? No, because I try and change for people and try to make, the, make them see that I'm a good person still. <laughs> Frank, you are a good person. Am I? I do have a semi-popular podcast. You I mean, do. That makes me a good person, right? Right. I hear the call at 6 a.m. I feel so far from where I've been. I got my eggs and my pancakes, too. Got the maple syrup, everything but you. I break the yolks and make a smiley face. I kind of like it in my brand new I wipe the spots up over me Don't leave the keys in the door I never put wet towels On the floor anymore Cause dreams last But I guess there's more to life Than wet towels and keys and doors yep. I've left my keys in the door many times I live on a busy street But I think that <laughs> might be the whole thing There's no one bothers to break into your house When you yep. live on a busy street Yeah, But they definitely break into your car Yeah, I've had my car broken into a number of times Uh well, sorry. Is it breaking in when I forget to lock it? Yeah, yeah, because that's when, you know, when in my street, we say, I left my door open. I can't believe that's the night they broke in. Like, no, they break in every night. Yeah. They leave an open door. But sucks to them, I only have debt. <laughs> they just stole your debt. This yeah, Good luck on that one. <laughs> you know what? They didn't take a single mix CD. Yeah. If anything, the guy actually arranged all the stuff. They put it in alphabetical or order. Whoever it was. Yeah, yeah, put it in order. So they arranged in things in piles to try to find things in the... And they yeah. just... Gave, they didn't even take like 
bad tech that I had in there for yeah. when you're trying to call someone while you're driving. Just left it, but in a yeah. really graceful pile. Yeah, well, that's good. So in in that first <laughs> in that first verse, I have a uh, misheard lyric that I never knew exactly what it was. Yeah, because I I don't remember if the lyrics were on in the CD. They must have been in the CD book. I, I probably just never read them, or if I read them, I forgot them. So the line is, I kind of like in my brand new place, wipe the spots off the mirror, don't leave the keys in the door. So the wipe the spots off the mirror for me, and we'll, we'll play it here, I always thought it was responsible for me, I don't leave the keys in the door. How she, But it, it kind of works, right? Because yeah. she's still talking about like, listen, I'm responsible, I'm all grown up right now, I don't leave my keys in the door. But she's just talking about the other way she's grown up by uh, by uh, wiping the spots off the mirror. She must have been like a very aggressive toothbrusher, I'm thinking. Yeah, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we kind of talked about in, in, in the verse how it's it's just all about, uh, look at me, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of your love, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so painful. Yeah. I, I, now, I've Thank, never... Thanks ha- for describing my life as painful. I didn't feel it at all until no. you said it. Oh, no, you felt it. This is why you picked this song. <laughs> and I don't really want to dig up old wounds, but you, you're that, doing this you, to us. What, did you realize that when you came to me like three, four years ago, let's start our own podcast that the podcast was just going to be my own therapy session. Like every time I pick a song, this is just about me oh, and, and my problems. Yeah, this one just like either like struck a power line. There's things just going off all over the place here. Yeah. Dreams last for so long, even after you're gone. I know that you love me, and soon you'll see you were meant for me, and I was meant for you. And and that it, it's it's kind of sad, right? Yeah. Like, it, it well, it's not kind of it is sad. It is, and it. I mean, you could sing it in such a way that it makes it creepy. So when a guy sings this, not to. So you're saying I'm creepy when I sing? Well. Just say it. No, you're not creepy. Now, if you sing it like menacingly, yeah, you could. It could be a scary song. Like, I think you know dreams last for so long, even after your yeah. That just don't do that ever yeah. again. Dreams last for so long, even after you're gone. I know you love me, and soon you will see. There is something there that you were meant for me. And that's a thing where, um, you know, fate doesn't really work this way. Yeah. This isn't healthy. It's, uh, um, it's, it's kind of taking that, that shot at the Hollywood ending, right? Mm -hmm. Where everyone expects like, it's like, you were meant for me. Like this is, it's talking about that Hollywood ending, but also knowing, understanding that it's not going to happen because it's sad yeah there's there's a great song by um an australian singer casey chambers called uh uh well it's called hollywood but the premise is like this is not hollywood there's no there's no big fantastic ending everything doesn't always work out right yeah which is which i think this song this song is alluding to without like except i think a lot of people were used it, it Took it in the creepy way. 
<laughs> I know I did. Um, I, there's a lot of lyrics, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about every single lyric. But there is the the second verse. I guess we can call it second verse, which mm-hmm. she's talked about. In this verse, I misheard most of these lyrics. Like, okay, I, but it not just misheard. I have no idea what she's saying. Yeah. Like when I hear it, I call my mom name is out for a walk. Like, is her mom their mom? And it's, so now I read it is like I called my mama. She was out for a walk. And then consoled a cup of coffee, but it didn't want to talk. See, I really like that lyric. Yeah, it is. And I bet I didn't know it was consoled. I thought it was Kundana. That's what I heard. <laughs> what language was that? I didn't hear consoled, but now I, it, it makes sense. But uh, yeah, I really like that line, consoled a cup of coffee, but it didn't want to talk. Because there is this mythology of just like, oh, I just, you know, I, I need to relax with my cup of coffee. Um, it, it's the same thing with people. I need to unwind with a beer or I need yeah. my wine at the end of the day. But there is something cathartic about just sitting quietly in the morning with a with a cup of coffee and just, yeah. you know, seeing what the day, what the universe is going to lay out in front of you. If I can be a hippie here. You do. Your hands are just wide out. <laughs> I did like that because sometimes, you know, you just like, I need this coffee, need to set up and, you know, figure out what the day's going to be like. But sometimes, you know, you don't figure it out. It's just, you're just sitting with a cup of coffee and you're drinking it. And it's, I mean, it's hot bean water, right? But, but you know what you shouldn't do? Pick up a paper. Oh yeah. It's just more bad news. More hearts being broken, people being used. <laughs> It is a kind of fun song of like, it is, I it's like fun the play- in a way because you're just going through this day like, okay, yeah. put on my coat in the pouring rain, which is kind of funny because I was like, all right, Pathetic Fallacy Jewel, this is getting a little much. Saw a movie, just wasn't the same because it was happy or I was sad and it made me feel oh so bad. No, it made me miss you oh so bad. Oh yeah, see I'm not even reading those lyrics closely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. You took it very seriously there, right? Because you looked offended. Well, yeah, because you got it wrong. I called my mom and she was out for a walk. Consoled a cup of coffee, but it didn't want to talk. So I picked up the paper. It was more bad news. My heart's been broken. My people been used. Put on my coat in the pouring rain. I saw a movie. It just wasn't the same. Then we jump back into the course, but then the bridge. I, I, I really like the bridge. I go about my business. I'm doing fine. Besides, what would I say if I had you on the line? Now, you have to remember that this is 1995, 96 when the song is written. So what would I say if, if I talked to you on the phone? Same old story, not much to say. Hearts are broken every day. And it's just like, oh, it's it's so sad. Oh, yeah. And then she just keeps going. Though. It's, a, it's a day in the life of Jewel, uh, like sad Jewel. Because then she says, I brush my teeth, put the cap back on. I know you hate it when I leave the light on. Like, no, no, Jewel. Stick with it. It's not about leaving the light on. I'm thinking she didn't put the cap back on the toothpaste. Well, I, I think yeah. so too, right? Yeah. But she doesn't want to admit it. And underneath the song... This might be. I think she admits it because she talks about putting the cap back on, right? right? But she does. She doesn't say like, "I put the cap back on" because you hate it when I take when I leave it off because that doesn't work with the rhyming scheme. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
Um, and then it goes on there from picking books up, sheets down, taking deep breaths, looks around. And then this feels very country to me because then it's like, I feel like in country music, sometimes they just give you the straight dope. Yeah. Which is put on my PJs, hop into bed. I'm half alive, but I'm almost dead. Uh, math- but I feel mostly dead. Please read the lyrics right, Bill. Sorry. I got my math teacher part came on like, listen, you can't go half and then go mostly, but don't say you're half alive. Don't give me a fraction and then give me a, a mostly. Okay. You see, I'm kind of alive. Uh, I'd accept that. But if she says I'm half alive, but I feel mostly dead, it's not an absolute, right? All right. All right. All right. Fine. Jewel and Frank, you win this round. That's right. We win. Jewel and I win forever. <laughs> I tried to sell myself at a Beale, right? I shouldn't think anymore tonight. I, I, I shouldn't think that we wouldn't talk about every single lyric of this song. <laughs> I know, Sorry. right? <laughs> I brush my teeth, I put the cat back on. I know you hate it when I leave the light on. I pick up a cup and turn the sheets down and take a deep breath. And a good look around, put on my PJs and hop in. It feels so country to me. It is a country tune. This is yeah. a country tune. And this is amazing because it comes out at a time. She claims it's coming out during the grunge period. I would say she wrote during the grunge period, but now it's like post-grunge. Yeah, it's post-grunge and there's a lot of like really crappy quote-unquote alternative oh, bands. God. Sorry, I won't even say... It's, it's frat boy rock, a lot of yeah. stuff that's coming and, out. And if anything, by the time her stuff is coming out, we're just getting into like Sarah McLaughlin's yes. third album, yep. I think. Surfacing. We're, yeah. Because that was 97, I think, right? Was it? Uh, no, I think it was 94, 95. Somewhere, 95. I th- feel like we're in high school. May 96? I thought it was when we were in university. Oh, maybe. It, yeah, it could have been. Either way, by then, there is this movement of like thoughtful female folk voices which is of course your total bread and butter like this is you when jewel was out and uh sam mclaughlin uh had that uh, had surfacing and lilith fair was out the majority of my cds were thoughtful folky um uh, female singers yeah believe it or not one of us in the room went to lilith fair and it wasn't me. Yes, I did go to Lilith Fair. So for all my talk about not wanting to do this song, I was there. But I missed year one of Lilith Fair. I was there for year two. I was there for the one with Natalie Merchant. Paula Cole. Paula Cole was there, yep. And and Sarah McLaughlin. There was a bunch of other bands. Liz Fair opened. That was super cool. That would be awesome. She yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So... That was fun. And I couldn't stand frat boy rock anyway, so I was grateful. Yeah. But man, this song, the Jewel song, when you had you were meant for me as a second that second single was so heavy and so sad. Yeah. And then it followed with Foolish Games. Which was the B side of the single. That's what I didn't understand. Which How is was, bonkers, right? It is because it became the third single. That was huge. Yeah. And then we were all kind of fawning over it. First year university, I remember people just talking about this. Yeah. I guess it was a video that made a big difference. The the You Were Meant For Me or? Yeah, both. Yeah. So, oh, and Foolish Games, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like 
when I watched the You Were Meant For Me video, I'm like, oh, I thought that was Foolish Games. Like, I feel like there's some similarities. Yeah. So, in the video for You Were Meant For Me, you have her kind of like singing, strumming, and then there's moments where she's kind of sliding out of her clothes. She's shedding her skin. Yeah, I know. And so, she ends up... No, let me explain how this works. Because when snakes go to renew themselves and they grow as snakes... They shed their skin. So when Jewel is growing as a person and renewing herself, she is shedding her dress. And yeah, I think everyone kind of liked that. Yeah. So a bunch of boys who are 18 years old are watching Jewel slowly she's shed not, herself. She's out of her not clothes. an unattractive woman. Not at all. And now the uh, the guy in the video, who's sometimes a shirtless. That's Steve Poltz. Seemed kind of cut, didn't That's he? That's Steve Poltz. It's Steve Poltz. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of reaching out to her. Yeah. And it's just sort of, it's kind of funny. It's like, what is going on between them? It doesn't them? really match the song exactly. No, because I'm like, if he's reaching, come on, just reach for him. Jewel, if he's meant for you. But now I'm realizing that it's just not meant to be. Yeah. Which flies in the face of the whole message of this song. Yeah. That video did leave a lasting impact. And the video helped propel the song. In, in 1996, according to Song Facts, uh, this was the most played song on U.S. radio. Yeah. And it actually was the longest running song on the charts. Yeah. I think in history. Yeah. In history. It's this crazy. Is insane. It also won MTV Music Video of the Year for a female artist. Yeah. So there's all these things that go with the song. The song is way more impactful than I realized. Mm-hmm. But again, I think I buried it because I just didn't want to listen to the song this sad. Yeah, and uh, what else? There was a. There's another stat that I have here. Um, oh yeah, so at, at the time it was the biggest selling single in the history of Atlantic Records, and Jewel became the label's first artist on the cover of Time magazine. It's tough because I'm a huge Genesis fan. I know they're signed to Atlantic, so <laughs> let that go. Is that why you don't like this song? Because uh, you have yeah. the, this. Phil, we deserve better. Yeah. We deserve better. What's your favorite part of the song? Oh, easy. Big transition. It's the bridge. The uh, um, so and I love the way the way it happens, and it's like I go about my business. I'm doing fine. And she's singing it the way that that she sings. Right. It's mm-hmm. like go about my business. I'm doing fine. Besides, what was I? What would I say if I had you on the line? Same old story. Not much to say. Hearts are broken every day. <laughs> Like she just brings it down and it's just like so sad. Yeah, I'm like, oh Jules, shut up. No, it just like makes me no, so mad. No, make me feel all the feels. No, no, no yes. No jewel, no jewel, no yes. jewel. That's oh. my favorite part. Hundred percent. Right. Okay. I go about my business doing Okay, my favorite part is when that guitar does that. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which I think happens earlier. Yeah. It comes up in The Office. So there's an episode of The Office yeah. where Steve Carell actually sings along with it. Yeah, okay. And um, 
That so that's guitar part. Apparently, when Steve Poltz was playing that in front of Neil Young's producer, he didn't want to do that too much because he felt stupid. So he just did a small version, and the yeah. producer's like, "Hey, what's up with it? what's that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's just a guitar thing. Just make it louder." Oh, and that's why you hear it so loud. Yeah, so okay. that's the uh, that's the story behind that. Oh, cool. And the other thing I like is finally the lyrics in this third version have Jules vibrato type of thing. Yes. Where she just kind of warbles or or makes those the notes just kind of shake on these words mm-hmm. and it works so well. That's so a, I, that's her uh yodeling background coming back into play. <laughs> I'm laughing, but actually that probably makes sense. <laughs> I hope Jewel really releases a Yodler album. <laughs> she released a uh a lullabies album. No yodeling? Not that I heard, no. Do you listen to that lullaby album? I listened, I listened to it this week, yes. <laughs> Did you fall asleep to that album? No, I was listening to it at work. So it, it was on this giant sort of long jewel mix. So uh, potentially I did fall asleep during it because I sleep a lot at work. But yeah. uh, There's some interesting cover versions. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the one version that I listened to was uh, by an Irish group called uh, Bellfire, which it was it wasn't bad, but there was a lot more instrumentation to it. There's a bit of a like a symphony kind of feel in the background. There was there's more uh, more music to it. And I think what really works so great about the song is how intimate it feels and and how close and personal it feels, which is stripped down with the, the with the music. Like I said, it's a, the acoustic guitar. There's a bass that you barely hear Flea playing and the the little um, uh, sort of uh, swirl on the on the snare drum. Right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the the Bellfire version, it's it's pretty good. It it, it isn't bad at all. There's the Steve Poltz live version that I found. Yeah, you were doing saying, Halifax. Yeah, yeah. He also released it on Spotify on his own live somewhere. Yeah. And it was pretty fun to hear his stories and the song come out of it. It's like, okay, they gave a new feel to the song. It didn't feel as dire somehow to me when I heard his version. Because dreams last for so long, even after you gone. And I know that you love me And soon I know you will see You were meant for me And I was meant for you And now there's also a version with Jewel and Pistol Annie? Yeah. Pistol Annie's. 
pistol the pistol annies yeah they're they're doing the uh backing vocal on it we'll play a little bit of it here i guess definitely has the country feel that Jules moved to. Yeah, yeah. So um, initially, the song does feel like a, a country song as well. And and she moved uh, more, more and more country. She had a, this brief little period in sort of uh, pop music as well. And I read this article, and she said, basically, uh, people were calling her a sellout because she went into pop music. And her take is just like, no, I'd be a sellout if I did... Uh, you were meant for me 2.0 because I know that that's going to sell. I know that that's going to be like, I, I can, I can make money off that, but I feel I want to grow and develop as an artist and I want to do a pop album. So that's why she did a pop album. It wasn't as nearly as successful, obviously as, as a uh, pieces of you, but um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give, uh, give her a, uh, give her kudos here for, for following her heart song. Oh, good and for doing you. what she wanted to do. Hey, congrats, Jewel. One of the two of us are giving you credit for that <laughs> pop album. <laughs> <laughs> You're so harsh. I know. I got to put that out. That was a big disappointment for me. But you know what? People got to try. Yeah. And some people got to walk away from it. And uh, I'm one of those people who had to like turn the channel. Like, I yeah. can't do this. Yeah. We're going to move through some categories quickly here. I want to move to your mixtape, which I think is going to be a crowning achievement. I am going to let you, because I have a I have a relatively extensive yeah. mixtape here. Yeah. So I'm going to let you do your mixtape in case there's, out of the three songs that you have, um, I don't want the 12 that I have to, to you know, take all of your, all of your thunder here. All right. Well, I, I don't have do- 12 songs, okay, but it's pretty but close. It feels like it, yeah. So I had, on my mixtape, I had She's Gone by Hollow Notes. So what, what, what's the theme of your mixtape? The theme is uh, the person you're with is gone. Okay. Which led to She's Gone. That but then I sense. changed my mind and put in Baby Come Back. Well, okay, wait. Baby Come Back. Yeah. yeah. So I put Baby Come Back next, which is She's Gone, Bring Her Back. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, I Who's put Baby in Come Back by player that's right oh yeah great yaw rock song yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> such a good song it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be a future episode yeah and then i had this notion that the two of them might be together and so i put we belong by pat benatar oh, okay as they're now together okay. so so there's a story arc. yeah story arc okay but now let's go to you because this is your thing so this was uh like i said when i was um in university, this was kind of my wheelhouse, was strum and hum female artists of the mid-90s. So this is my mixtape. And I try I tried to make sure that it wasn't just uh, I wasn't I'm not just copying the Lilith Fair uh soundtrack or the Lilith Fair albums that, that came out. But there are a couple artists from that album, which I also had, that made it onto this list. It starts off with Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, mm-hmm. Summer Long by M. Griner, 
Cotylite Sneeze, Tori Amos. Stay by Lisa Loeb. Yeah. Which is deeply connected. Yeah. The Babysitter's Here, Dar Williams. Okay. I don't know if, if anyone uh, other than you and I, you or I have heard this song, but it, it's this beautiful song. Dar Williams is this fantastic folk singer. Anyways, I'll, uh, I digress, but uh, listen to her. She's awesome. And then I went with a couple of heavy hitters in my arsenal from, uh, from this time. Uh, both uh, Canadians, uh, Half the Man by Dana Manning. And I close it off with If I Fall by Tara McLean. Oh, boy. This is the Frank Pearson experience. This is. <laughs> well, there we go. I mean, that's, uh, in some ways, I think I only want to put those songs in the mixtape. But we'll put them all. Yeah. And listen, they're in the show notes. Now, for those listening, show notes are found just in the descriptor. We call it show notes, but it's really just in the descriptor. So if you're listening somewhere, you just got to scroll down, couple links, little tab. Does anyone ever listen to our, our playlists? We're waiting for a like. So uh, those <laughs> likes, if you like it, give us a little like. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. This category hasn't been done for a long time. Okay. Okay, just kidding. This category is done every time. Could Michael Bolton sing this? Yeah, and for sure he could sing this. Yeah. Oh, and I would love to hear Michael Bolton feel this. There'd be so much longing. Oh, and I feel like there'd be a riff in the space-time continuum just with his sort of questioning yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't just, you know, put the cap on the toothpaste. He's going to clean the whole entire house. Yeah. And with his voice, it would be almost like a disinfectant. He might, he might build you a whole new house. So could Michael Bolton sing this? Yes, yes. Could Michael Bolton sing yep. this? Of course, Michael Bolton could sing this. Can this be a Hallmark movie? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, this is a Hallmark movie. So I, I had, uh, I mean, the one category, but I think that uh, could this be a, a talent show song? Like, could it be like uh, someone singing on a talent show? Yeah. This could be one of the worst experiences, either as karaoke or talent show, where someone sings it like, oh, man, I just want to go home. I think that in the mid to late 90s, a number of talent shows were ended because someone was singing the song, but mimicking the video by like shimmying out of their out of their clothes. And then like when someone realized what was happening, they shut shut the, the whole thing down. down. There's just this is a song where people just start crying midway through. I, I can't I can't well, take Well yeah, I cry at the beginning, middle and end. So for me, Jewel in the the mid nineties is what Carly Rae Jepsen is to me right now. That's insane. Are you serious? Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I saw Jewel in concert when I was in university. I, lamenting when we didn't oh, see her did. in in uh in St. Catharines here. When we were in high school, but I went when I was in first year, it was the second semester, uh, first year, and I went with uh, this girl on my floor that I was that I was into. Yeah, and uh, and I knew that she was into like the whole female singer songwriter thing as well. So actually, we kind of bonded early on in uh, over Jewel, I think, and uh, yeah. So so we went together, and uh, obviously I was way too chicken to make a move. So that's why she's married and has two kids and I'm still single, but, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So Jewel was huge for me. I can't remember 
I, I had something, I, I at least had some magazine sort of like uh, photo shoots or something like on my wall, uh, just, you know, because you put posters and all that other sort of fun stuff. I bought a t-shirt at the concert. That's how much I liked Jewel. I've never once seen you wear I've that. worn a couple of times around you. Really? Yeah. Hey. It was underneath other shirts because it was just like, oh, I love I love her so much, but I, I can't let everyone know that I love her as much as I do. Yeah, you were meant for me. So yeah, and and for me, for Jewel, like like I said, she was so important, and uh, like I listened to her poetry, I, I had her albums, and I stopped after the after the uh, the pop album, and I think that I sold it, but I, I have her other albums somewhere in in storage, her 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 CDs, but uh, that that was that was my go to, and that's how I tried to. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what's really sad? <laughs> Sorry. Because I remember I went and bought the tickets and you can buy them online because Ticketmaster wasn't exactly online in, in 1996 or 97. And uh, when I got those tickets, I came back to to the residence or to the dorm and I was saying, I got two tickets for paradise, won't you? They're like, oh my goodness, how lame was I? <laughs> oh man, hey, don't worry. My first year I used- Told everyone I went to see Phil Collins, and it like the room just went quiet. <laughs> they all stared at me and like, I hate you all too, and I will be gone in a few months. Yeah. But I saw Phil Collins, and you saw Jewel. Yeah. And so I'm glad I could be here for you to relive this whole Jewel experience. I, I I'm so glad that that you could experience this again. As I relive this, uh, Bill, and because I know you were you were, uh, you heard secondhand a lot of a lot of this stuff when I was going through it, but I'm glad that our listeners could listen to this and hear and and hope that soon you will see that we were meant for you, and you were meant for we.